Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Good morning, Vietnam! I have you now. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Hello! My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. That's right. This is the 30-something movie podcast. Um, This time around, we are gonna be talking... We're gonna take a step back, or a step forward, if you will. Uh, We are stepping forward away from our normal 80s fair, uh, and we are jumping forward to 2017 because we just saw Logan, and we're going to talk a little bit about that one today, because there's probably not any other podcasts anywhere or news outlets anywhere that are talking about Logan. So we figured we should step up and fill that void, and here with me to help fill the void, because between the two of us, we can fill any void that's out there. Uh, I have with me Bo Warmbold. Hello. So it's going to be Bo and myself, John Reed. Uh, we're going to be doing the Logan discussion today, and we've already said that we kind of feel bad that Pat can't be here. Pat was Pat enjoyed the movie greatly because Pat my Pat has a general observation. What's a family friendly way to say how much Pat enjoys this movie? Um, hmm. Hmm. Family friendly. He has a, a special. He has a special, special place relationship. In his heart. A special for, place in his heart for for this movie. So. Um, yeah. He was very excited yeah, when he, he left the theater the other day. He was a happy young man. Um, so, anyway, so we're going to be talking about Logan. Uh, before we do that, let me just tell you very, very quickly that we are going to spoil the events of the movie Logan. So feel free if you have not seen it yet, because it did just come out a few days ago. Uh, if you want to wait and come on back, then please do. Also, if you could, uh, we would love it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. If you're enjoying the show, head on over to iTunes. It just takes a minute or so to leave a review, and you can tell us what you're liking about the show. Uh, We'd also like to hear from you if you've got any suggestions, movie ideas, uh, other ideas for our show. Uh, Right now, we are currently in 1987, usually. Um, That is kind of the theme of our podcast, is that we look at movies that are reaching their 30th anniversary, and... um, so we are in a 1987 right now, and actually coming out right after this show, later this week, will be our Lethal Weapon episode. I was going to say, we have hit a very Which, good uh, good stint to some mm-hmm. classics that mm-hmm. are... I, I think 87 has been good for me, because we're a little older now. Mm-hmm. So these movies I saw, mm-hmm. not in the theater so much, because still pretty young, but I starting to get into more the meat of my right. the ones that you childhood movie going had more of a chance to see perhaps. in the movie theater yeah. yeah well and so we almost hit Lethal Weapon um, 30 years to the day because Lethal Weapon I think came out yeah. March 6th 87 so uh, so Lethal Weapon episode will be coming out later this week so that, that one will that one will be pretty close um, the other movie that came out on March 6th 1987 was Raising Arizona which we did just a few episodes ago so go check those out if you are so inclined um, but, uh, we are going to be talking about Logan this time around, and I don't think, I think now that, like, Logan and, and a couple of these other things have hit, I don't know that there's a whole lot of new movie news that's going on right now. 
No, because we because there's no Star Wars yet. Now that's probably Star coming Wars in the next month later. or so. Um, I suppose the King Kong, the new Kong movie. We we anyone who spoiler alert, I suppose there is going to be a new Deadpool movie. If you yes. haven't seen that oh, trailer, man. It is uh, March seventh, twenty seventeen, and you should have watched it three days ago. It's magical. It's uh, it's pretty special. It's so knowing <laughs> there's another Deadpool on the horizon <laughs> is really nice. Yeah, the moment when we were in the theater and watching Logan, like the moment that you had that opening part, and I knew there was going to be some kind of a Deadpool preview. So when it didn't show up, I knew it wasn't going to come at the end because I had already looked up to see if there was an end credits sure. sequence, and they said no. And they said, but there's definitely a Deadpool preview before the movie. It didn't come on during any of the trailers. And so I'm like, okay, all right. Well, then it starts going into the movie proper, and you have kind of this dirty, dark street, um, and somebody just come, somebody kind of walking down the street, and you see that he's wearing a hoodie, and I'm thinking, well, that's got to be Deadpool, because Logan doesn't wear hoodies. So right. um, that's got to be Deadpool. And then you get the whole rest of the segment, and maybe we can drop in some of the... So the audio here for for the people. If we, um, uh, I'd have to put a disclaimer on this one. If we do, well, <laughs> we uh, yeah, we can just maybe a little bit of the audio. But the problem is the audio will not do it justice. You need to go watch the video of this that's on YouTube oh, because yes. there are certain things about the scene that need to be experienced visually. We'll put it that way. I I would agree with that statement. Yeah. yeah. Do, oh, so okay, this is actually a good time to ask this. Do you like the way they did that trailer? And do you think they're going to do more of it that way, or do you think this was a... I think it's a Deadpool thing. It's a Deadpool thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because <clears throat> Deadpool is such a very meta mm. kind of thing that it's, you know, it's, it, it knows that it's making fun of... You know, it's a it's a superhero movie that is that knows it's a superhero movie and makes fun of the fact that it is a superhero movie. And, yeah. No, I, I think it was just a Deadpool okay. thing. I don't I don't know that I see them doing anything sure. else like this. Because you had, you know, all the posters. He was right outside of a movie theater that was showing Logan. And mm-hmm. there were Logan movie posters in the background of nearly every scene. Um, so, yeah. No, I, I think it was probably just a Deadpool thing. And I think they pulled it off beautifully. Oh, I thought it was wonderful. It I was, was amazing. Just, as I'm watching it, I was thinking, huh, this is working so well. Is it going to... Right now, all the movie producers going to rush to try to figure out how to do this. Mm-hmm. Right. Are they going to try to shove it down our throats? <clears throat> right. Yeah, no, I think, and and I remember watching it and just thinking, you know, how hilarious it was, and then thinking, you know what? Knowing the very little that I do know about this Logan movie and kind of the tone this Logan movie is going to have, this is be the last time I'm going to laugh for the next two and a half hours. Yeah, which wasn't <laughs> entirely true. There no, was, there were some times in the movie, but. That, were funny but, for the most part, I but think, the Deadpool yeah. and and I really liked the first Deadpool movie, so now this just had me even more excited oh, sure. to, for this yeah, next I one think to come we're all out. Excited for at least all us podcast folk mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. excited for the. All right, well, uh, let's go ahead and jump on into Logan then. So Logan came out March third, twenty seventeen, just a few days ago. Uh, rated R for many obvious reasons. Mm. A little bit of a little bit of nudity, a lot of violence, a lot of language. Um, director was James Mangold. He did Copland, Girl Interrupted, Walk the Line, Kate and Leopold, and The Wolverine. So he likes to work with Hugh Jackman. Kate and Leopold. Another. Logan. Uh, yeah, 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 definitely yeah. Uh, opposite side. I saw Kate and Leopold. I have a funny Kate and Leopold story. Tell it. I saw it on an airplane. Okay. So you were trapped. Right. <laughs> and there was nothing else to do. And I'm like, 
All right, I guess I guess I'm watching this. Yeah, I'm not saying it was terrible. I'm saying it wasn't my kind of movie. Mm-hmm. So you're saying a Wolverine love story is not uh, not in, not in the works? Yeah, I don't think so. No, okay. That was something else. That movie, I yeah. But there was time travel involved. There, there was. You know what? You, you make a very good point. There uh-huh. was, there was. Time I automatically travel. give a movie like plus five points. Okay. For having time so travel. we were talking about current movie news, and I did forget to say something. Mm-hmm. Um, technically, it's TV news, but it is entertainment. Speaking of time travel, Sunday, I believe it was Sunday night, the new Time After Time hmm. series premiered. I don't know about this. I have yet to watch the episode. It is okay. sitting on my DVR waiting okay. for me. Perhaps this evening. We'll see if I get to that. Okay. But, uh, yeah, time after time. Okay. We'll see. All right. It goes. Time travel's big on TV now. Mm-hmm. They have that whole timeless The timeless show. one. Did you watch that one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, got it. we liked it. It's not bad. Yeah. I just can't. Like a lot of time travel shows, mm-hmm. where do you go now? Mm-hmm. At some point, you're going to run out of people to kill. Right. And all of a sudden... Oh, there's plenty of people to kill. Well, yeah, but every time you kill one person, the butterfly fade, it just... The paradoxes and the things just sort yeah. of blow my brain at some point. Right. I'm just not sure. And the, the whole well, thing about... I'll share with you a phrase that I got from another podcast I used to listen mm-hmm. to back in the day that was... Um, they did a uh, Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles ah. podcast. Um, okay, talk about paradoxes. Uh, there you go. Um, their their phrase it was the podcast was called Sky Next it was a really good podcast um, <laughs> I love that I know. Um, and their phrase it was uh, two guys I listen to a lot of their other podcasts Derek Russell and Steve Glosson and their phrase was embrace the paradox you have to just embrace the paradox alright because it's I gonna will, it's gonna be there I will try that with so, Timeless and see I have much more hope for Time After Time only because um, I'm very confident in the source material okay I kind of I feel a little bit like because I feel like I've I've heard rumors here and there that people were trying to reboot or redo uh, Quantum Leap for the last several years. That would be somewhat odd. Well, I'm wondering if Timeless is a result of that. Oh, okay. Like I, I wonder if somebody let's said not actually reboot this, but let's right. Well, I wonder if somebody said, sure. um, you know, hey, we'd really like to reboot Quantum Leap, but you know, given 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 the constraints that a you know, sure. TV station, a network station is going to put on us uh, that we need to, um, I don't know, that we need to represent different races and ethnicities and, and we need to uh, focus on this type of story and we need to have some kind of a, a terrorist as the bad guy. And um, I almost wonder if this, if, if that turned into like a, hey, we want to redo Quantum Leap. All right, well... Maybe nowadays we need more of an antagonist because okay. he didn't really have an antagonist. It was just he was right. going back and fixing sure. things that went wrong. And, mm. Which, when you think about it, he's fixing things that went wrong, but that's how things worked out in time the first time. So he was really screwing up time. Because oh, he's, he's putting right what once went wrong. Well, it didn't go wrong. That's how time worked itself out. Oh. Sam Beckett was the villain the entire time. Whoa. He was the villain. I'm having a moment here. He broke the t- prime directive what does that make so many Ziggy? times that it's his evil sidekick. <laughs> I just wow, realized that. Wow, hold on. I am having a moment Samuel here. Samuel Beckett yeah. was the villain. He was messing up time. 
because they don't talk about someone going back ahead of him and screwing it up. Right. Well, don't you find out kind of towards the end of the series that there was a, an evil, I feel an like evil leaper. Do. It was a woman, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because there was this whole kind of undercurrent. I, we're getting into like a whole quantum leap thing, but that's yeah, okay. totally. It's the quantum um, leap podcast coming right. in two thousand twenty. Actually, I wanted to do a quantum leap podcast at one point, um, but yeah, no, it was. I feel like I feel like at different points during the series, they hinted at the idea that. His leaps were being directed by God. Yes, yes, there was or, a whole thing. Or something like God. There is currently a Quantum Leap podcast. For I know there is. I, know. I, I still want to do one. Um, well, it doesn't mean we can't. I mean, oh, yeah. You yeah. just have to take a different tact. I mean, look at right. Greatest Generation and Mission Log. I mean, well, so can, what we do is we do Quantum Leap from the point of view of, of that he's the villain. Yeah. Because I don't think anybody's done that. He's in there. Sp- Whoa, I am, I'm having a moment right now. and I'm, <laughs> I now need to go back and rewatch the entire show. Yeah. Sam Beckett's the bad guy. He screwed up time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. Wow. It's it's, it's like those uh, it's like those episodes of Enterprise when they were doing the Mirror Universe. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same kind of thing. It's the same actor too. Well, yeah, that whole mm-hmm. Scott Bakula thing mm-hmm. is. Uh... And and um, Dean oh, Stockwell. Yes. Yeah. Villain in uh, Battlestar Galactica. Villain often. So and they, plays well, a, right. Yeah. And plays a darn good one too. Yeah, he does. So yes. they. So I think they were villains the entire time, and nobody just nobody knew it. Wow. Okay. Because they are they're screwing up the timeline. They totally are. Because mm-hmm. unless somebody is messing up what happened. Because when they say we're gonna put we put right what once went wrong, it went the way it was supposed to. Because. Right. That's time. You're going but back the and messing is with time. But someone is directing the the leaps is why they say they're not. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, it's boom. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, good night, everybody. Yeah. Um, you talk about Logan amongst yourselves. My brain I think, is I think, mush I think now. we're done here. <laughs> John done messed with me. All right. Oh, so back man. to this movie. Okay. Anyway, so um, producer on this one was Simon Kinberg. He's done everything X Men. Uh, Elysium, Chappie, The Martian, Deadpool, the TV show Designated Survivor, Star Wars Rebels, uh, and he is going to be a producer on an upcoming uh, untitled Star Wars anthology movie. So Interesting. There we go. Uh, also produced by Hutch Parker. He did In Time, talking about time, uh, The Wolverine, X-Men Days of Future Past, X-Men Apocalypse, and Fantastic Four. I'm sorry. Let me say that again. And Fant- <clears throat> Fantastic Four. So bad Fantastic <clears throat> sorry, Four. It's, yeah. You have to differentiate between the two mm-hmm. of them. Uh, Lauren Schuler Donner did Mr. Mom, Send Elmo's Fire, Pretty in Pink, Free Willy Movies, Everything X-Men, Deadpool, um, and she is also the wife of Richard Donner, who has produced Superman, The Goonies, Scrooge, and the Lethal Weapon franchise. So between the two of them, they've pretty much handled everything. They are responsible for all of our superhero goodness. Thank you, Donners. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say thank you. Uh, we should have them, a party for the Donners. Without them, I... <laughs> I was trying not to say it. We, we totally I could. I had moved We totally it. could. It would be so much fun. I would eat the whole thing up. <laughs> it's, uh, you yeah. are... Uh, yeah. Wait, do you have a bone to pick about this? I'm trying no, not to. You're trying not to? Okay. All right. Well, let's it's get to... It's not succeeding, but no, I'm trying. So let's get to the meat of this movie. The writers. Oh, my. I don't know. You just... I think you're having a problem over here. It's the Quantum Leap thing. I'm sorry. It, that, that threw off the rest of your day. It really did. <laughs> so writers on this one were James Mangold, director. 
Uh, he also wrote Oliver and Company, the cartoon. Uh, did Copland, Girl Interrupted, Kate and Leopold, your favorite, and Walk the Line. Uh, another writer was Scott Frank. He did Get Shorty, Minority Report, The Wolverine, A Walk Among the Tombstones. Yeah, Michael Green was another writer. He wrote for Smallville, Everwood, Green Lantern, Alien Covenant, and the upcoming Blade Runner 2049. Music for this one was Marco Beltrami. He did Scream, Blade 2, Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, Hellboy, the 2009 TV series V, and The Wolverine. Budget on this one was $97 million, and as of, I think the last time I looked at this was a couple days ago, uh, as of a couple days ago, the movie had made $237.8 million. Did I? I think they're up to like $280 or $270 something. Did I not hear that it had broken some record for R-rated movie opening? I think so. Yeah. 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 So I, I want to say they're pretty close to three hundred million at this point, um, but and yeah, I think it broke. I think it broke a record for biggest opening for an R-rated movie. Uh, Hugh Jackman played Logan and X twenty four. He was in the X Men movies, The Prestige, Australia, Les Misérables, Chappie, and Eddie the Eagle. Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick Stewart, um, played Charles or Chuck, depending on what you want to call him. Uh, Professor Xavier, he was in Star Trek The Next Generation, the X-Men movies Dune, Family Guy, and Green Room. Daphne Keene played Laura, or X-23, and she was in a TV show called The Refugees. Boyd Holbrook played Pierce. He was in Milk, Hatfields and McCoys, Gone Girl, Narcos, and the upcoming 2018 remake of The Predator. Stephen Merchant played Caliban. He was in Hot Fuzz, a TV show called Life's Too Short, and a TV show called Hello, Ladies. Elizabeth Rodriguez played Gabriella. She was in Desperado, Dead Presidents, Blow, TV show All My Children, uh, Fear the Walking Dead, and Orange is the New Black. Richard E. Grant played Dr. Rice. He was in Bram Stoker's Dracula, Corpse Bride, and Downton Abbey. Eric LaSalle played Will Munson. He was in Coming to America, ER, and Under the Dome. Elise Neal played Catherine Munson. She was in Sequest 2032, Scream 2, and The Hughleys. Uh, Quincy Faust played Nate Munson. He was in The Goldbergs. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 93%. Audience gave it a 94%. Siskel and Ebert gave it nothing because they're dead. Uh, Cinema Score gave it... <laughs> it's true. It is. Okay. Uh, Cinema Score gave it an A-. Uh, there are no awards for this one yet other than maybe if he broke the record for the, mm -hmm. the R-rated movie. Uh, it is 2029, and Logan's life doesn't seem to have improved, but if the evil villain Sam Beckett has anything to say, he'll go back in time and fix what once went wrong with Logan's life and screw up the whole timeline and we all die. Um, if anything, life seems actually more pointless and lonely than ever for the guy who is the best at what he does. His best obviously hasn't been good enough, though, to take care of an aging and very sick Charles Xavier or himself. When a young girl comes along who seems very familiar with, uh, you know, the claws coming out of her hands and feet and such, uh, Logan has to decide whether to fulfill a promise to take her to safety or to stay and live out his days in misery and decay. So with that uplifting note, uh, let's go ahead and take a listen to the trailer here. Logan, what did you do? Charles, the world is not the same as it was. Mutants. They're gone now. I hurt myself today. To see if I still feel I focus on the pain The only thing that's real Where is she? 
beneath the stain. She's like you. Of time. Very much like you. The feelings disappear. She needs our help. You are someone to come along. Someone has come along. I am still right here. And you could have it all. My empire of dirt. I will let you down. I will make you hurt. I will keep myself. I would find. So, a couple things really quick um, that I was able to find some background on the movie. Uh, it is the year 2029. No new mutants have been born for 25 years. Uh, Logan's adamantium is poisoning his body and slowing his healing factor. That's kind of the some of the driving points of the story. Uh, this is supposedly based off of the idea of the old man Logan story from the comics. They are very different, though. Um, I did read Old Man Logan just before watching the movie, and it's a very different story. So I would definitely say loosely based off the Old Man Logan story. Have you read any of the comics? No. No, okay. No. So very, very loosely based. Um, originally, they had intended to use Leave Schreiber to come back as Victor Creed Sabretooth again, either as, I don't think it was going to be as the main antagonist of the movie, but at least bring him back for a few scenes here and there. That would have been um, good. I love that Sabretooth stuff. And see, that kind of, to me, that would have that would have bookended your first movie, the X-Men Origins Wolverine mm-hmm. one, with this one, with Logan. Um, right. I understand, you know, I'm sure they had plenty of good reasons why they didn't, and they kind of, in that way, it was almost like another way of keeping it separate from the other... Mm. X-Men movies, other mutant movies, but I, that could have been kind of interesting to have that in there. We'll talk a little bit more about some of these later, but uh, James Mangold, the director and writer, said that he was heavily influenced by the following movies, uh, and you can definitely see where. Uh, he was influenced by Shane from 1953, uh, which actually shows which up sh- in the movie. Shows up mm-hmm. in the movie. So he was influenced enough to include it in his movie. Uh, the Cowboys, 1972, which he said was actually more of an influence on this movie than Shane, but Shane did have an important part because they did reuse uh, part of a, a speech from Shane uh, a couple of times in the movie. Uh, the movie Paper Moon from 1973, The Gauntlet from 1977, Little Miss Sunshine from 2006, and The Wrestler from 2008. Uh, the film watched by the characters in the hotel room in Oklahoma City is Shane, this is a classic film about an aging gunfighter with an unfavorable past who tries to go civilized but cannot deny what he is, uh, making it a very appropriate film to influence uh, James Mangold when he was putting together the Wolverine story. Uh, Mangold has said that he does plan to release a black and white version of the movie either later this year or in 2018, so that could be kind of interesting. Yeah, I'm intrigued. To, yeah. I'd, I'd right. be curious to see it. I have not seen the black and chrome uh, Mad Max. Fury Road of you. Yeah, no. Yeah. I'd be curious to see that one, too. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the 10th time that Hugh Jackman has appeared as Wolverine Logan. I think, it, what did they say, 17 years that he's played? It's like the longest. Yeah. I think it was the longest anybody's played a character like this in an action movie, because even even James Bond, they didn't go... Yeah, no one stayed They didn't go that long, long for... Yeah. 
Uh, and the character of X-23 is actually the current Wolverine in Marvel Comics. In the comics, again, we spoil stuff, um, in the comics, Wolverine has died. And so um, there is uh, X-23, um, I don't recall if her name is Laura, um, in the comic books, because I haven't read the comics in a while. But uh, she is the current Wolverine in Marvel Comics. Uh, other comic influences on this movie were the story Old Man Logan, Mutant Massacre, and The Death of Wolverine. Uh, yeah, so that's what I got in terms of the background of this. So let me start off with, um, let's go trailer. What did you think the first time you saw that very first trailer that had the Johnny Cash song? Because um, that was back in, like, October. I remember I seeing it and, and thinking, all right, so this is going to be a drama in the X-Men universe. Mm-hmm. And I say that loosely because other than Wolverine and Professor Xavier, there's really no mutants in there it definitely they did a and the more i read it sounds like they were definitely attempting to do that they wanted to they wanted you to know it wasn't going to be a normal mm-hmm. wolverine movie and they yeah. did that right from the start with the tone of the music um they well i, I think it could, i mean i had i know several people that complained about this movie because it wasn't it wasn't enough of a superhero movie it's not. It's not like a superhero. It. I don't and if think you it's go expecting to be. a superhero movie, you're you're going to be sadly disappointed. Right. It's about the human behind the superhero. It's probably not to bring up an apocryphal, but it it almost this is the human side of the superhero like I think Batman versus Superman was trying to achieve mm-hmm. in its first forty five minutes. It was trying to show you, because yeah. obviously at the end, it be, Batman Superman became a superhero movie with right. all the banging and the booming and the things. Right. But the first 45 minutes, it was trying to show you these these two men and how they deal with being who and what they are. Mm-hmm. And I think we were seeing that here. We were seeing you know, the once great Wolverine and the once great Charles Xavier deal with being human mm-hmm. and the fact that they too will eventually go grow old and die and yeah and I'm, I'm a little surprised that people some people have reacted that way and being disappointed in it because I kind of feel like I, I feel like you're right I feel like everything that we got leading up to this movie coming out said this is going to be a different kind of movie the initial trailer with the Johnny Cash song it's setting the tone this is going to be a movie about pain and loss and tragedy and dealing with all of that. Um, in all of the images that we got, you got all of these, either the still promotional images or the other trailers that came out. Professor Xavier's old. He's 90. Mm-hmm. He's obviously sick. There's something wrong with him. Logan is sick. He, he looks old. There's something wrong with him. So you get all these indications that we're dealing, our main characters are sickly old men. So I... That to me doesn't doesn't engender a sense of hey this is going to be an action movie mm-hmm. this is going to be fun no and it had its action moments I mean yeah. there's a oh, yeah. there's a but I kind of feel like people who came out of it disappointed that it wasn't more like a superhero movie mm-hmm. I think they must have missed something I would agree going with that. into it because I feel like it was I feel like it was kind of obvious that it was going to be like you said a drama within the X Men universe. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah. I, that's that's fine. If you are disappointed right. by the movie because of that, that's obviously your opinion. But um, I kind of felt like some of that was telegraphed way ahead of time that this was going to be a very different movie and don't expect and don't went, expect I mean, these huge fights like you got in so some of the other... out of their way. They, they definitely... They didn't say anything about X-Men or mm-hmm. Wolverine or in the title. They right. wanted you to... They wanted you to know mm-hmm. what this was going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you've gone from it. you've gone from the Wolverine to Logan. Right. The movie is called Logan. The man. So therefore, it not is so much the man. The, yeah. Right. Um, so we'll actually we'll go to that for a minute because I had kind of an interesting thought this morning. I was talking to Pat about it uh, earlier and. I had this weird thought that popped into my head as I was trying to think about, um, as I was trying to digest this movie because it, I mean, it was it was pretty intense, um, you know, it, obviously a very violent movie, um, a lot of language in it, very violent. It was like I think it's like one scene of nudity, um, but definitely the the violence takes center stage at some points during the movie. And and Pat, you know, even said that he kind of had to look away a few times because it was pretty intense. Um, but one of the things that I thought, and it was this weird little connection that I made in my head this morning, was I was thinking about how Logan focuses so much on him being human, mm-hmm. and the movie is so violent that I made this weird connection to something from a class that I had taken on um, Catholicism. Yeah, so here's my, you said the word apocryphal, so that kind of, I, I did. That, that triggered me. And I, we're going to get into a religious discussion here. Um, so it actually made me think of something that I had learned in one of my Catholic thought classes that I took uh, in school. And I'm, I'm not Catholic, but I you know, was taking uh, religious studies classes as part of a kind of a philosophy history minor that I had in school. Um, and so in one of these philosophy religion classes, it talked about the history of Catholicism, and part of it was in terms of like the art and the portrayal of Jesus throughout the centuries. And, and in they, different, um, I don't know if they got into this, but in mm-hmm. different cultures, mm-hmm. how he's portrayed. Mm-hmm. The, the African version in Ethiopia is vastly different right. from what you would see in... Either the Middle East or mm-hmm. here. Right. The colors they use are different. It's crazy. Right. Right. So what it made me think of was at different points in time, uh, and if you, if anybody out there is a, an art historian or a religious historian, I could be getting some of this totally wrong, so feel free to let us know. Uh, but what I recall from the class is that there were um, kind of peaks and valleys in time or, or kind of wavering back and forth in time of whether or not in the religious literature or art that they emphasized the God part of Jesus or whether they emphasized the man part of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that when they would go, when they would kind of swing back and forth, like for a while, they would really emphasize the God aspect. And then for a while, it would swing back the other way and they'd really emphasize the man aspect. And so what I thought was interesting, the the thought that just popped into my head was this movie is so violent and so bloody and you're, and you're focusing on the man part of Logan. Here I am. I'm going to go compare Wolverine with Jesus now. Um, so hold on. Um, 
was I, I remembered as I was thinking about this, it popped into my head and I forget what the name of the painting was, but there was a painting that I remember we, we looked at in this class and it was a painting of Jesus totally covered in bruises and blood and just, just this horribly beaten picture of Jesus. And I remember the professor explaining to us that the art of that time really emphasized the beating and the blood and the just the horrific torture that he would have gone through. And that was to emphasize his humanity because God doesn't bleed. Mm-hmm. There we go back to Batman versus Superman. Do you bleed? Um, so ah! we, could, we could tie the you whole know, thing well, in together. And, well, and let's be honest. It's a whole if, Trinity if you, discussion. Well, right? <laughs> and, and let's be honest. If you really want to... Superman's a great example mm-hmm. of the lone superhero that can that the themes in his stories oh, every can always we, be traced back yeah. to. Every time we watch, every time we watch Man of Steel or the uh, Richard Donner Superman movie, Sharon's like, "This is really like, it's overtly oh yeah. Jesus." Sure, sure. <laughs> like yeah, and the funny thing is, the creators intended him to be Moses, but right. he's overtly Jesus in all right. of these. In all these movies, especially, I love the part in Man of Steel where he's sitting there in front of the big stained glass yeah. window. We're like, let's just, if you're not quite sure, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 all the solo superheroes, I shouldn't say all, mm-hmm. but most solo superheroes. Batman's it, not a good Jesus I was going to say, Matt, Jesus Batman, doesn't, not so much. Jesus doesn't beat people up, as far as I know. But most of the solo superheroes, at one time or another, mm-hmm. there's some Jesus analogs and mm-hmm. I, I think that's just it's the way culture works they say there's right. they say there's no story that hasn't been told already right so you're gonna do repeats I think that's why the X-Men was always so interesting is because mm-hmm. there's such a group I mean you have you do have Charles Xavier who mm-hmm. is your Martin Luther King oh there you go that's an interesting way to look <laughs> at Magneto it and Magneto is your Malcolm X there you go mm-hmm. that's it's all civil rights See, there mm-hmm. you go. There you go. Um, but uh, that was the weird thought that I had this morning. Was it, it immediately when I thought about the violence of this movie and how do you justify having a movie that is so violent? Um, I thought, well, okay, religious art, and I, I forget the century and I forget that where this painting. I wanted to go look up this painting and I just didn't have time to. Um, but it emphasized the the fact that he was horribly beaten. And it was just covered in blood. And and, and, it's, and this is a painting from centuries ago. I mean, we're talking mm-hmm. probably 14, 1500s maybe. Um, but that was their way of emphasizing the man uh, aspect of Jesus was to show the physical trauma that he right. went through. And so I take that and I apply that to Logan. And I'm like, well, then the violence makes sense. You know, I know that and, and there are some people that, will, I mean, they don't like violence in any form. Um, I know Sharon, my wife Sharon, will probably not ever watch this movie. In fact, I probably would not want to show her this movie because I know she does not like movies that have this degree of violence in them. Mm. Uh, we, I think we got partway through Fight Club one time and she okay. she, she didn't want it anymore. So, so. And I know this was R-rated, so mm-hmm. it was more violent. Right. More graphic mm-hmm. with the violence. So is it the graphics... I think it's the. Is it the graphic that bothers her, or is it the violence? I think it's the. Well, I think some of it is the violence itself, violence for the sake of violence. Well, but every superhero movie is violence. Well, violence. yeah, but I mean, this one, I think it's more of a. It's more of a human violence. And I think that's the point I'm trying to make with the with the whole yeah, Jesus yeah. thing of it, that it is violent because there is all the blood and there is all the. It's very visceral and it's very. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very gory okay. violence. Whereas I think the superhero violence, which I'm using quote fingers here, is better, um, you don't see a lot of blood. Yeah, you know I, when when, to, when Cyclops when Cyclops zaps somebody with his eyes, you know it doesn't you know yeah. doesn't blow their stomach open and guts fly everywhere. That's true. Um, it's more the comic book. They in the rating systems they always refer to it as like sci-fi violence or you know comic violence or or whatever. Um, this actually is interesting. Pat and I were talking about this earlier too. I did mention that uh, when we watched The Force Awakens um, for the first time, one of Sharon's reactions to it was that the violence like really got to her in this Star Wars movie. And I'm like, in this one in particular? And she's like, yeah, because of the stormtroopers. And I was like, what? And she said, because for the first time ever, you see a stormtrooper unmasked, and you know that there's a human underneath there. You never saw a stormtrooper, you know, other than when the guys were in disguise in the first movie. Sure. You never saw a stormtrooper with their helmet removed, so you never... You knew that, yes, there are people underneath that costume, but you never actually saw it. So she said when she saw The Force Awakens for the first time and saw that Finn was a stormtrooper and then realized that all of those other stormtroopers were also people underneath, that it then affected her more when you saw these scenes where there were explosions and stormtroopers' bodies go flying everywhere. Um, She said that kind of hit her differently once she visually made that connection of, oh, there's people underneath there. And I think the other part Mm -hmm. of Force Awakens was the stormtroopers had different voices. You know, in the old Star Wars, it was just, you know, TK-421. I mean, they all had pretty much the same voice, whereas there were female stormtroopers, there were male stormtroopers. So um, I think when it humanized them, I think even the violence against stormtroopers bothered her in that one. Sure. So Okay. So I don't know, that's my thought with the violence in this one, is that it's, if you want to... It's been a long time since I've seen other X-Men movies. I guess i got to watch one and just see. Because in this one, I mean, they were very graphic. When when his claws gutted somebody, man, Mm -hmm. he gutted somebody. At the very beginning of the movie, he chopped the guy's leg off, or chopped the guy's arm off. Some some appendage went flying. Good stuff. Yeah. So You know, I like a good goring every once in a while. I I was... (laughs) (laughs) Back to recent TV shows. I am loving the redo of Evil Dead that's been on Stars. Oh, and see, I, I have not seen it yet. I want to go see it. Dude. I looked, I was looking at something the other so day because we're going to do Evil Dead 2 later versus, this year. Yeah, Ash vs. Evil and Dead. I want to go I wanna go watch that. So it's I gotta, so good. I need to track it's it down. It's just red caro syrup everywhere. Okay. It's awesome. No, I need to go see it. So, I, there's something, something happened the other day, too, and it made me think of Army of Darkness. And I was like, oh, I need to go back and watch that because it's been a while. Yeah, my wife's yeah. not a big fan of those kind of movies. So maybe that's no. my thing. Maybe that's why I don't see violence and gore all that often. So mm-hmm. every once in a while, I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> get some. This, this is the good stuff. <laughs> Come to daddy. <laughs> uh, there you go. Um, all right. That so wasn't creepy at all. It's, no. <laughs> Just remember, Sam Beckett's the villain here, folks. Right. Sam Beckett's the right. villain. Right. Mind He's blown. Mowing his lawn and screwing up time. Um, I don't even know where the lawn I was just going to ask. It's been a while since we've talked about Scott Bakula or any other celebrity mowing their lawn. But, this is true. Um, all right. So four, four scenes in particular I want to talk about, and we can kind of run through these real mm-hmm. quick. Um, the opening scene. So the opening scene where Logan, uh, they're trying to jack the tires of his car. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I thought that was a great way. To start the movie, because you've got Logan come in, he's 
he's asleep in his car and he's just tired and probably drunk and these guys are trying to you know steal the hubcaps steal the tires of his car and and I, I love that he comes out and his concern is that hey guys this is a rental all right just don't it's not worth it don't screw it up well, it's a chrome you're gonna scratch them. right yeah. And the part that I loved is when the guy pulls out a gun. I don't know if you caught this or not. The guy pulls out the gun, and he goes like, no, 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 no. Like, don't shoot anywhere near the car. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that when the guy pulls out the gun and goes to fire it, Logan actually dives in front of the bullet so it won't hit the car? So it'll t- take it'll hit him instead mm-hmm. of the car? And I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> like, he knows he's not going to be killed by this bullet. Right. So he's going to take the bullet so it doesn't scratch up his uh, his leased car. Right. <laughs> But, I mean, and I think that, if you didn't know what this movie was going to be going into it, that set the tone for the rest of the movie. Which you had a tired, sure. drunk, sick Wolverine who just doesn't, he just can't be bothered, uh, you know, to deal with these guys. And, and tries to deal with them in a way that is like, you know, I, I don't want to have to, can you guys just go away? I don't want to have to do this. I'm tired of it. I just, and then, of course... You know, things progress from there. Right. Um, and uh, appendages get lopped off and, you know, people end up dead or running away. And um, and I did like how they kind of indicated, you got your first indication that things are not right with him. When he pops right. the claws and the one doesn't go all the way. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, oh, Yeah, and then later uh, he pulls it out <laughs> to, yeah. like, finish like, it. That's, um... Something something ain't right here. It's not how that's (laughs) supposed to work. No, uh -uh, something something's not right here. Um, So I I don't know. I I really like that first kind of that opening to the movie, and that just kind of set the tone for the rest of it. Uh, Another one that I thought um, that I kind of liked the way that they did was the the way they did the videos for the experiments they were doing on the kids Mm -hmm. um, to kind of tell that story and like how do these kids exist? How did this clone of of Wolverine, the X twenty three, the girl uh, Laura, how did she come to exist, and I had totally forgotten about the, I had just watched uh, X-Men Apocalypse a couple months ago, maybe for the first time, and I had totally forgotten that there was a an, uh, credits, end credits scene um, where it was something like they stole Wolverine's blood, mm-hmm. um, and then that was supposed to be what was setting up the idea that right. that's where they got his blood to be able to do the, uh, to do the experiments and clone him, you know, years later. So I had totally forgotten about that. But um, but those scenes reminded me, like the hospital scenes reminded me of when they would do the flashbacks to him being implant, yeah. implanted with they, the adamantium. Yes, and the, they, they definitely did a good job of tying those together and saying they cloned him. I was afraid they were just going to sort of gloss over the fact that they cloned him, but they still had to cut this girl open to put the adamantium in. Mm-hmm. I was afraid when it first started that they were just going to say, oh, they cloned him and his DNA had changed over time. So the adamantium was part of him mm-hmm. all along, you know. Mm-hmm. I was glad that they did that to show that the only reason they cloned him is because for some reason his body was able to withstand this mm-hmm. process. Right. Which is why we did it this way. Right. All right. So here's a, let's have a moment for I would have been more interested right. in some more differences and I know this would have made the movie three hours instead mm-hmm. of the two twenty. Differences between her and X twenty four. Logan. Oh, I would like to have seen what they did differently more. Oh, okay. When they were training the kids gotcha. versus what they did with X twenty four. Okay. They hinted a little in the dialogue, you mm-hmm. know, something about he doesn't have 
They bred compassion out. They said something really quick. Yeah. The throwaway line when the doctor was there. Um, but I would have liked a little more of that just mm-hmm. to sort of differentiate between yeah. what they did for X24. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think, and I think one of the differences was the children were born naturally. Like right. They had one human, they had one human parent, mm-hmm. so they had a mother, um, whereas I think the X-24 was just grown, and they just grew him, you know, accelerated yeah. growth or, or whatever sure. to, to get him to be as old as he was when he popped out of there. Um, one of the, I was going to say, um, oh, so a, a moment for nitpickery. So I was, uh, I think that's a word. If it's not, I just made it up. Um, so I was reading some things online earlier, and I was reading some stuff that where people were complaining about the movie. Oh, so right. let's let's take a moment to, to nitpick something here. And I, let's back up for a second. I don't have a problem with any of these. I can go, I, and I'm a comic book fan too, but I'm not one of the, I'm not like comic book guy from The Simpsons. That's not, Wolverine would not. It is no. not. It's it's worst Wolverine depiction ever. Uh, okay, so that that's totally not me. I can go watch a movie and be like, you know what? I don't care. Whatever. It was a good movie. I'm not going to be bothered by, you know, he, the claws in this movie were, were an inch thicker than they were in, in the comic books. I, I don't care about that stuff. The color of the was right. not the appropriate <clears throat> hue right. of silver. Exactly. Yes. Um, so there were a couple things that I read online, and one had to do with uh, Laura, X-23, having the adamantium on her bones, which I thought was a decent point. Um, so there are a couple of... Little plot holes here, but whatever. Um, a point that somebody made was the reason why Logan could have the adamantium uh, bonded to his skeleton was because he was an adult and fully grown. Whereas if you put this on a child, and then the child can't grow because the bones can't grow out of, they can't grow beyond where they are encased in adamantium. Mm. So she's going to be a little person for the rest of her life. That's interesting. So. That I, I thought was not, kind of interesting. I mean, I'm like, and I actually thought of that when the movie was going. I kind of thought, I'm like, well, wait a minute. The, the first, my first thought was, if the adamantium is poisoning him, mm-hmm. and that's what's causing him old age, and you know, right. all that is causing him to lose his powers, or his powers are not functioning as they should, and it's poisoning him and killing him like a cancer. Then doesn't that mean like she only has forty or so years left mm-hmm. to live? I'm, I'm assuming that he was. Bonded with the adamantium, you know, 40 to 50 years before this yeah. movie happened. Yeah. Um, I'm forgetting exactly when the Weapon X program sure. was in the earlier movies. but well, So so does that yeah. mean that she's only got 30 or like 40 years to live and then she'll be poisoned too? So that was one thing I thought of as we well, were sitting and watching the movie. Well, one the serum, injections of that serum where she t- to continue to receive them. Mm-hmm. Would slow it down. Might slow that down. Yeah. One would also wonder... If his, because the treatments also slowed his aging, theoretically should also have slowed hers. Mm-hmm. So the ratio of whether she would actually grow at a normal rate is called into question also. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I don't know if that nitpick has validity, if only because, let's say... If you just take, for example, if he's had the adamantium treatment for, what are you saying, 40 years, 50 years? Yeah. But visibly, he's maybe aged 10, 20. Mm-hmm. 
Because so, he's already been alive for almost 200 years by the time he got the adamantium. Right. Wasn't he? Because wasn't he... Was he... No. No, it was like Civil War time. It wasn't Revolutionary War. It wasn't... When did he start? I, I feel see, like it was around about Civil... It wasn't like 18... No, I gotta look that up because the whole thing was like is... like 1850s or something like that maybe. Because I feel like in the X-Men Origins Wolverine, didn't they? Didn't he fight in the Civil War? Fictional character... I feel like he was born in the 1840s or 1850s or something like that. Of course, I'm on everybody's favorite Wikipedia here. There you go. I just want to see if I can find first intended origin. See, that's the other problem is different versions. Well, yeah. It's different. Um, but I feel like in the X-Men Origins Wolverine one, he was, it was like Civil War time. Yeah, and that's what I'm... Late 1880s. 1880s, okay. So, yeah, okay. Right. So, doing so that, he's, so he's pretty old. Doing that, man, when was Weapon X? When did they actually cut him? Oh, boy. Um, so, it looks like, so here, I found uh, on, Den, on Den of Geek. Yeah. Uh, they have a, a kind of timeline here. Oh, good. Um, That's what I was so, let's for. take a look. On their timeline... Uh, original X-Men timeline. So X-Men Origins Wolverine, um, 1973. Victor and Logan fight in the Vietnam War. Um, 1979, Logan is approached by Stryker, who tells him that Victor has gone rogue. Uh, Stryker convinces Logan to coat his bones with adamantium. At the end of the film, an adamantium bullet to the head results in Wolverine's amnesia. So that's in 79? So 79, apparently. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so 79. So 79 was when he got the adamantium So yeah, that's 15 bones. years. He's already been... So her yeah. aging is going to be so skewed anyway. Right. That I just don't know that it matters. Right. Well, and, and that's the other thing, is I don't care. Right. I mean, I get... I, I uh, get the whole comic book thing. It's a valid and, and, point in its well, own we're always, right. Because everybody's but... concerned with continuity. It's mm-hmm. like you got to, if your continuity is wrong in Star Trek or Star Wars or what's canon and what's, you know what, sometimes just tell a story and just enjoy the story. Yeah, but when you, unfortunately, when you try to use the same characters over and over again, you at least want the character's story to make sense. Right. But did any of this bother you when you saw Logan? No. Okay. No, but you know when it would bother me? When they make the next movie. And it's Laura Howlett. Oh, when she's... X-23, whatever yeah. you want to call the title of the movie, doesn't matter. Right. All At some point, it will matter, depending on where they want to take this. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is annoying. Um, in the comic books, they've already dealt with this. I don't know how they dealt with it in mm-hmm. comic books, because I just did a quick little search right before we did this search, and I saw... To read up on her, because I don't know much about her except mm-hmm. that she exists. Yeah. So, She's older you know, in the comic books. She's more adult. Right, but we don't know when the adamantium was bonded to her right. either. So right. it's interesting. It's very interesting. So, I mean, that kind of stuff, it, it doesn't bother me. You know, I, I can enjoy the movie without worrying about... And I think... I understand the there's problem, plot holes, but there's going to be plot holes in every movie. I think the problem is because origin stories are so big in this universe. Like, mm-hmm. it's a big deal when right. you tell the origin story. Right. I think that's the other reason. Yeah. Is now, does her origin story support... The rest of it. Mm-hmm. And maybe not. Yeah. You know? 
All right. What about uh, so this one? And this genuinely surprised me uh, when X twenty four kills Charles. Mm. So that scene, they're in the they're in the house with the family, the um, Munson. Was it their name? The Munsons? Yeah, the Munson family. Um, and Charles is talking to you. Think he's talking to Logan, and then all of a sudden, and he, he thinks gets, he's talking. To Logan. He thinks he's talking to Logan, and all of a sudden, he gets some claws in the chest, and then things go downhill from there. It it's a, it's a very interesting way for him to go. Mm-hmm. Um, the character of Logan was always like a son to Charles Xavier mm-hmm. in a weird sort of way, and for him to die at Logan's hand, but not really. Like mm-hmm. it, ah, there's a lot to unpack there. How do you feel about the character of X-24 in general? Was that a good choice for them to use as as the one thing that Logan... Because, I mean, he can slice through pretty much anything. Well, that, it as had the one to thing, be... As the one thing that he couldn't necessarily fight easily, was X-24 a good choice? It almost had to be X-24, unless you could get Sabretooth, because we've seen okay. that that is a thing already. Mm-hmm. If they had to create something out of whole cloth, that would have been difficult. Mm-hmm. Because how do you create something that can beat Wolverine? I mean, he's he's Wolverine for Christ's sake. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and then you've got Wolverine fighting his younger self, which is right, a which metaphor is, for the entire character of Wolverine. Exactly. Then there's you know, not to mention you start with the the obvious. There's only a few things that can hurt him. And then you get deeper into the whole... It's only a few things that can hurt him, but the one thing that can hurt him most is himself. It's himself, Bo. There you go. Or Sam Beckett. If you're looking for the messages, morals, and meanings, <laughs> right. there you are. Mm-hmm. And and they they do a decent job of not hitting you over the head with it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting, all the X-24 stuff. It was all played very dark mm-hmm. on purpose, I think, to because it helped the illusion that mm-hmm. this was very much Logan fighting mm-hmm. himself. Um, if you did that too much in the bright light, uh, mm-hmm. and it's a little too easy to tell. Right. I think that was the goal there, was they wanted that to be a little bit ambiguous. Because, like you say, the only thing that can... Um, yeah. yeah the, I almost expected that Charles was going to die without realizing who had actually killed him. Okay. I almost would have liked that. Okay. Like, a sort of a weird, like, just a real kick-in-the-gut way for him to go. But yeah. Was that... Well, I guess, I guess you kind of already answered that. Was that a fitting end for Charles Xavier? Yes. Given given his character, because he has also played Charles Xavier for many, many years. Yeah. Um, is that a fitting end for the character of Charles Xavier? Yes. Much better than any other way he could have gone. With one notable exception. He and Magneto die together in a fiery ball of something. Well, you, in a superhero movie, sure. Right. That's not how, a superhero that's movie. That's how right. they would have met right. their end. Yeah. Um, but no, other than that, I think this is perfect. He, he, to think that Charles Xavier would die on a boat in the middle of an ocean doing nothing. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. would be sad. Okay. Granted, he wasn't doing anything when he died. I mean, he woke up and got knifed in the chest. But right. he was in process of helping this girl. It was still a, okay. a noble act he was engaged in. I, I gotta a say. A little sad that a whole relatively innocent family had to die in the process. Right. But what are you gonna do? Yeah. Well, you know, it happens. It does. Um, I gotta say, this was not the. I, I thought it was an okay way for his character to go because at this point, both he and Logan, they're old. Like there are no X Men left. There's no. There's barely any mutants left, mm-hmm. um, and it's just kind of they're all dying off anyway. So it's just kind of this is a very human story. It's a very human look at aging and dealing with life and dealing with the fact that you are not what you used to be and and that kind of stuff. But I will say it was not the most dramatic way for him to go out for me. I I, I thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. It was it was very much a surprise. I didn't expect that to be happening uh, when it happened. But I will say, and I know this is a movie that a lot of people don't like, and I'm I'm okay with the movie, but it had a much more, to me, maybe a much more fitting way for him to go out was X-Men 3. The oh. X-Men The Last Stand, mm-hmm. when he goes up against Jean Grey, yeah. and as she's tearing the house apart, and then mm-hmm. she just kind of, you, you can like see little pieces of him flaking off, and all of a sudden, boom, he's gone. That, to me, if you're whatever else you want to say about the rest of that movie, I thought that was a really mm-hmm. dramatic way for him to go, and, and for him to go trying to, you know, save people, and, you right. know, I guess if, if you want to do the hero's death, sure. then to me, I like that end for Charles mm-hmm. Xavier better. Um, if you want to go with the human death, then I guess this one's fine. You know, get well, stabbed in the chest with yeah, so adamantium the, claws. That's the way most of us go, And this right? is where I have timeline issues. Mm-hmm. So... Which timeline is this movie a part of? It's its own timeline. I thought it was part of the apocalypse timeline. Maybe. Oh, my head hurts. <laughs> this is the stuff I'm talking about. I'm this like, is, I can't handle well, it. Well, see, It'd what they did was they went was... back to 1985, and then it skewed off right. from there. I don't even know. I'm, I'm that was That's first, Back to the Future. Back to, oh, <laughs> God, you're killing me. But no, there was time travel, and there was a skew. There was, yeah. There was Days of Future Past. Right, the, that yeah. one. And yeah. then... First class, and uh-huh. then my yeah. brain starts to boil yeah. right about yeah. there. Well, first class was before Days of Future Past, and then Days of Future oh. Past went into Apocalypse. Right. And then at the end of, what was it? At the end of Days of Future Past, you jumped forward again to see the X-Men, that they were all alive again. Cyclops right. was there, Professor yeah. X was there. They, yeah, and then you had X-Men Apocalypse, which then would have come before. And it was the end of Apocalypse the end where scene of, they stole his blood? Yes. Oh, God. Oh, jeez. Can I help you? I don't know. Olivia Munn was in X-Men Apocalypse. Oh, I know that. Does that help you feel better? It does. Okay, good. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Well, and and this is what kills me. Like, at least... Okay, so this is a total me complaining about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Whatever. Do it. At least with Spider-Man, there was time in between the two Tobey Maguire ones and then the two... Mm -hmm. Who was the other guy? I've already forgotten. Yeah, um... The ones that didn't go Andrew so Garfield. Long. Thank you. Yeah. There was time in between those, so like you felt like... A, but the problem with this X-Men thing is I feel like there was never a break. So my brain can't handle what timeline I'm in the middle of. And I, well, there was a break between the original X-Men movies and First Class. Right. Because I'm forgetting what year First Class came out. I want to say it was like 2008... But he, then, he says, looking very confused. Um, but so I mean, there was a there yeah. was a gap there of what maybe f- 
five or six years. Okay. So um, maybe it's just because I'm older and time moves faster. But, but I mean, the whole... Well, here, I'll look it up. It's actually still on this, the Den of Geek timeline we've got here. Thank you, so Den of Geek. Thank you, Den of Geek. You win. Um, so 2000 was the first X-Men movie. Yeah. And then 2003 was X-Men United, X-Men 2. Sure. 2005 was X-Men The Last Stand. People died. People died. Uh, nearly everyone died. Um, 2013 okay, so that is was The Wolverine. Well, actually, no, hold on, because they, they're they doing this as like a a, a timeline. Ah, got Okay, I'm so, in. I'm, I'm there. Uh, X-Men First Class was supposed to have taken place in 1962. Yes. Okay. Um, then... X-Men happened in 2000. X-Men Last Stand, The Wolverine, was in uh, 2013, 2015. X-Men Days of Future Past, the future parts were in 2032. I'm sorry, 2023. Um, But then they go back in time to 1973. So, yeah, it says, Eric and Charles use Kitty Pryde's power to send Logan's consciousness back into his 1973 body to keep Mystique from killing Dr. Trask, therefore changing history forever and starting a new X-Men timeline. So anything so from 1973 fork. going forward. Got it. Okay. Yeah, we're, everything, everything's absolutely forked right after 1973. So, um, so then you have, right, so then... Um, this is where my brother laughs at me, by the way. I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, timelines and continuity. It just don't make sense mm-hmm. to him. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So then, the new X Men timeline is Days of Future Past starts in 1973. Got it. And then 1983 is X Men Apocalypse. Right. And then uh, 2016 is Deadpool. Got it. 2023 is Days of Future Past. Yep. And 2029 is Logan. It's Logan. Okay. So that, okay. And they actually list that That as at a, least helps. Well, they list that as a third section. Right. They call it the X-Men timeline outliers, that we don't really know what timeline this fits within, because, and that's why some people have said, well, this is its own timeline. It's totally different from all the other movies, because of him saying, you know, picking up the comic book and saying, you know, a quarter of this happened and, and not like this. Um so they they take that to be like well yes so we saw that scene where they took Wolverine's blood at the end of X Men Apocalypse so that but uh, we're admitting that happened might be, right they're kind of admitting that happened but that's about it mm, interesting yeah interesting so and they well actually they make a good point here so I'll just I'll read straight from here. Um, <clears throat> They do say, let's say, uh, well, they do hint at a couple things that that show you that could uh, fit in some of the other timelines because they do mention the Statue of Liberty right. in the movie, and that's from the original timeline. Oh, so, <laughs> um, and they mention Westchester, but that's in reference to Charles, not Jean Grey, right? Um, which is alternate timeline, right? So they also talk about. Um, uh, it says here, in the new X-Men timeline, uh, in, a, in X-Men Apocalypse, we see an Essex Corporation person 
take Logan's blood for use in the experimentation that presumably leads to X-23's existence. However, Logan, the movie, cannot take place in the new X-Men timeline, not only because the ways in which it uh, is recognized the original X-Men timeline, but because there's no mention of the happy future from the days of future past end credits sequence, sequence where everybody's happy and they're back at the school again, but they don't ever talk about that. So I don't know if not talking about that doesn't mean it can't happen. Well, but the years don't line up. That's true, too. Because this happens before that, yeah. and it can't anymore. So here's, <clears throat> here's what the director himself has said about this, and apparently it's, it's not very clear. Um, so the idea, so this is James Mangold um, talking about it. So the idea for us was this idea that they live in a world in which the legend of them exists, but it's not really what happened completely. Or is it? And I think the movie goes deeper and deeper into these characters wrestling with their own legacy and how much of it is true and how much of it even they believe anymore. And is that a function of what is true or not? Or is that a function of whether they lost belief in themselves? Fake news. I mean, what? <laughs> it's alternative facts. It's not fake news. Sorry. Alternative facts. Thank you. <clears throat> so somewhere it's skewed off into an alternate 1985. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That and, is exactly right. And, and Trump, I mean, Biff under, is president. And the enchantment and, under the sea dance. Right, the enchantment. And then Marty Logan, kissed his mom. Right, and then Logan, Logan took... And Pat um, Morita taught John Reed wax on, wax off. That's right. <laughs> okay. Yep. That was, uh, you know, Logan took uh, Logan took Rogue to the enchantment under the sea dance. That's it. And uh, it was it was all fine from there. And Gambit was pissed. We're, and we're all, we're all fine now here. <laughs> How are you? How are you? <laughs> What's All right, your operating so, number? So now that okay. we've uh, now that we've gone Sorry, through the whole continuity that stuff, like, yeah, that's fine. My fault. Um, and then finally, you got the the last scene in the woods where they have the big battle and the, the kids are trying to escape and everything. And which, by the way, I sent you to both of your email addresses because mm-hmm. I was sure which one you had open. Um, Hugh Jackman posted on Facebook a clip doing the um, ADR dialogue for part of that scene. Oh, it's good funny to watch. Oh, really? I had, I had heard He's something about it. He's in a voiceover studio running in place and doing the uh, 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 uh. <laughs> it's, it's worth a watch if, if you can track down Hugh Jackman on Facebook. Okay. It's, it's good stuff. I saw it this morning and I, and I chuckled a little. <laughs> and see, it's like why, the life of an why, actor. Can't, why can't we get paid to do that? Right? I can run in place and grunt. Well, yeah. It's what I do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not running in place, John. <laughs> that's true <laughs> you know what if you didn't have to stand up to walk through a buffet it would be a whole lot easier hell yeah and I wouldn't get winded by the time I get I down to the end of that I think that's called a restaurant when they bring the food to you though it's well that's true different. <laughs> but you don't get to take as much in a, in a no, traditional restaurant no, no that's true yeah but fine whatever was it the comedian John Panette? Who yes. Used to have the yes. know, the feed me I'm show starving me thing. The show buffet. me the buffet. Yeah. Yes. When the kids were little, I used to teach him uh, how to say when he does in one of his stand up things. He talks about learning how to say uh, feed me I'm starving in different languages. Yes. And the Italian one was like sono affamato. Uh-huh. Like I used to teach the John and Nora. <laughs> all right, when you're hungry, just say sono affamato. I said you're half Italian anyway, so might as well do it. It all works. Do it. All right, so. The, the one thing I will say about the precursor to that scene, I find mm-hmm. it very interesting that North Dakota has that many mountains because the last time I checked, it was pretty darn flat. It's, this, is the, this is the future. Alternate universe. It's an alternate North universe Dakota, when yeah. they skewed off with the events well, of when, Days of when Future When California past. falls off 
West Coast. Well, see, this is the part of the future where Canada has annexed part of North Dakota, Ah. and it's a more mountainous part of southern Canada. Got it. Understood. But it's also part of the X-Men Apocalypse timeline, where when he messed with uh, the Earth and and the environment, mountains grew in Mm. North Dakota. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Nothing. Nothing else happened anywhere else. I the dogs and cats were living together. Well, sure, mass hysteria. Mass hysteria but, everywhere. Um, he caused mountains. There was no other effect to the United States anywhere else. Um, but in 1983, during the events of X Men Apocalypse, mountains grew in North Dakota. They were really cool mountains. It made oh, for yeah, a it great a, movie. It was fine. It was beautiful scenery, but yeah. yeah. Um, that's. I mean, that's what happens when you mess with time. Sam Beckett. Okay. Messing with the timeline. The title of this podcast is going to have nothing to do with this movie. It's going to be Sam Beckett was the bad guy. It's not. (laughs) Did you guys know? (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah. I've I've already actually picked a title for this episode of the podcast. It's Logan's Run has reached an end. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna. Do, I've already got. I've already got the artwork ready to go for the whole episode. Grown the, yeah, from the Facebook universe. Uh huh. Uh huh. Oh. Well, they can run in place and groan if they want to, but that's it's <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> All right. Well, I, the last uh, last one or two things here I was going to mention was um, I did like kind of the inspiration from those old western movies, and this one felt yes. very much like an old western movie. And I think that's where you people got the older. Well, guy, I think that's yeah. where people like. That's where they didn't like it. Was it wasn't a superhero movie? It was actually more of an old, aging, retired gunfighter mm-hmm. kind of movie, and that that's absolutely what it was. And so I don't know. Maybe if you don't like those movies, or if you were hoping that Wolverine would end some other way, I've always pictured in my own head, like in the comic books or anywhere else, I'm like Wolverine's going to live for a really long time. He's going to outlive pretty much everybody else. He's going to be this sad guy that has gone through a life full of pain and losing people. And it, would you think he's going to have a happy ending? I don't anticipate Logan no. having a happy ending to he his life. He didn't have a happy beginning. He didn't have no. a happy middle. Why? Why? Some people's lives just suck. Yeah. And his is one list. of them. So. And it's funny you mentioned the old gunfighter thing. I, listening to some podcasts about other shows recently, I've, I'm, I'm working on this theory about universes. And it is interesting that you could, certain universes are so well fleshed out that you can take any story type and drop it in. Yeah. And and I think that's what they did here. They mm-hmm. took this universe and they said, all right, we want to tell a story. Mm-hmm. And you made a good point mm-hmm. earlier. They told a really good story yeah. in this universe. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that you can tell, if a universe is well-crafted enough, mm-hmm. you can tell any story in it and it will work. Right. And I think they did a great job. You gotta, and actually, I think the X-Men movies have done a pretty good job of that. I mean, you mm-hmm. had kind of the kind of the espionage movie sure. with yeah. First Class. Um, you had the kind of the time travel movie with Days of Future Past. Um, Paradoxes galore. Yeah, that's fine. Um, and I feel like you had, I feel like the first Not enough three. Ones, no, that's true. Um, I feel like the first three X Men movies were good. Well, that was your work. That was your world building. You well, had right. To build that's where I mean. That's where you get started. I always felt like those were really good, like civil rights movies. Sure. I mean, and that's been the X Men since they started in the comics. Right. Was, it was always kind of a metaphor for civil even rights. The cartoon but, show back when we were kids was right. very much about because they had the Sentinel <clears throat> and the whole right. thing. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then you know they did the the comedy with Deadpool, mm-hmm. and then obviously we've gone to you know the Western movie with Logan, which I think is a, a perfect fit. Um, 
does not fit at all with the old man Logan story from the comics. Like I, I did finally read that just a few days ago before we saw the movie, and I, it was a good story. I was entertained. I liked it, um, but it does not fit with this. Other than him being old, that's about the only thing that fits. Um, so, but I, I did like the the comparisons with uh, Shane and and the, now I want to go see the movie The Cowboys, knowing that that was probably mm-hmm. the biggest influence. Even though they used that line from Shane, um, what was it? There's no living with a killing. There's no going back from one, right or wrong. It's a brand, a brand that sticks, and that's kind of a metaphor for mm-hmm. Logan's entire character for the whole time he's existed. Um, but now knowing that the the movie The Cowboys with John Wayne uh, from 72 was more of an influence. And I did read a description of that one, and I'm like, no, that actually fits pretty well um, with the basis for this movie. So I'd be curious to, to go see that one now. To hear that Little Miss Sunshine was an influence was interesting, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay. Actually, like, um, road trip movie? Yeah. Is that mm-hmm. the end? There was a little girl? Yeah. I don't, did I Little Miss Sunshine eviscerate people? In the movie, I haven't seen Little Miss Sunshine, so not that I recall. No. Okay, all right. Um, what I've seen of the trailer and, and the description no, of it, I, I don't think she probably sliced think. people open no. or did any of that, or no, no, uh, no uh, feral animal rage. Not that I recall. No, no. okay, all right. it's been a while, okay. but not. Uh, I, I'll not probably still see it at some point anyway. But yeah. Even though there's not as much blood. Um, all right. You got anything else? Any other? Do you have any like a favorite? If you had to pick one scene, is there a favorite scene in this movie? I think the general sarcasm between Charles Xavier and Logan. Yeah. Not so much a scene so much, but most of it happened in Mexico in that little water tower Mm -hmm. where they had him locked up. Um, You're Logan. See, you do know who I am. I always know who you are. Sometimes I just don't recognize you. (laughs) (laughs) Stuff like that. Just the the interaction between the two of them. You've got two fantastic actors playing roles that they've inhabited for so long Mm -hmm. that they don't, you know, they show up on set and I'm sure they don't even have to spend a minute getting into character. This is just, this is the game we're going to play today. (laughs) And the two of them just can go back and forth all day long and it's good stuff. Mm -hmm. Really good stuff. Yeah, I think, yeah. Okay. How yeah. about you? Um, you know, if I had if I had narrow it down and pick a scene, <sighs> um, action wise, I think if it was for the action of it, I either have to go with the very first scene or that kind of final battle in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, I like both of those. I thought those were great. Um, I did like. Um, I will say that the scene that I probably was most impactful was probably the scene where he's buried Charles. Mm. Like, just to me, because the, the Charles's death was not that dramatic to me. It was surprising. It was shocking. But the fact that he died, I was like, okay, well, he, he's 90. He was going to go at some point anyway, so it was kind of expected. But the fact that he kind of broke down mm. after he buried him and, and, you know, then she takes his hand and they're going off to continue their escape together but um, that I think I, I really like that scene of the movie the part that made me kind of cringe and chuckle at the same time was a part that we debated uh, back when one of the trailers came out was when they first the Reavers first go in to get Laura to get X-23 and you just hear a whole bunch of gunshots and screaming coming from the, the warehouse 
that she was in, and she walks out with something under her arm, and we were totally convinced that in the trailers that she's carrying her backpack. Mm-hmm. That ain't no backpack. No, no, it was not. It was that, a, that was a dude's head. head. That was a dude's head. <laughs> yeah, yes, it was. So yeah, and we kind of debated that. Like Pat and I, I think Pat said to, said to me one time, he's like, "Is she carrying a head?" Mm. I was like, "Well, no, I, I think she's she has a backpack with her. I think maybe that's her backpack." backpack Wasn't her was backpack green? green? Backpack was green. May, yeah, I think her backpack was green. That's not green. No, that's amazing. And then, then of course, when she walks out and then she rolls the head bowling ball style <laughs> towards the other guys, I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that's a human head. I think there was a moment where, where, where Logan was like, respect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, wow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I like this girl. Um, but, yeah, so, I, I mean, overall, good movie. I like the movie. Um I did tell Pat, so here's here's kind of my interesting final take on this. I don't know if I'll watch it again. Yeah, it, that is a very good point. It is unlike most X-Men and most superhero mm-hmm. movies. I don't feel like it's a second watch kind of movie. No. So, I, and I almost, I don't feel bad for it because it's already made a ton of money. But um, I, I hope that, I mean, I'm sure enough other people will probably go buy it when it comes out on Blu-ray or digital release or whatever. Um but it's just, for me, it's one that normally when there's a superhero sci-fi type movie that I like, like a Star Wars or a Marvel or DC or something, I'll go out and the moment it comes out on Blu-ray, I'll go out and buy it. Mm-hmm. Like, I went out and got Doctor Strange. I even went out and bought Batman versus Superman when sure. it came out. I still haven't watched it yet, but went out and bought it the day it came out. Right. Um, this one, immediately after leaving the theater, that was one of the first thoughts in my head was, that was a really good movie. I'm probably not going to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Maybe years from now. Yeah, I, I guess never but, is a. But I don't, I don't see myself going. This is a movie I have to own, like because I want to watch it over and over and over again. Right. No, I'll, I'll go find it for free at the library, uh, sure. or it'll be on Netflix someday, and that that'll be fine, and I'll do mm-hmm. it that way. But it's not even one like with the Star Wars movies and some of the other movies. I almost want to go see it right away, like as mm-hmm. soon as I get out of the theater, I'm like, I gotta go see that again. Like there's stuff that I missed. I gotta see it again. This one, and I don't know, I don't think it had to do with the violence. I don't know what it was. I think maybe there was just so much going on in the movie that I really liked it, but I also thought, you know what? It's the end of Wolverine. It's the end of that story. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm good. I, I, got my, I got my Wolverine fix. I saw the end of his, of his life and his story, and, and I'm good. I don't need to see it again. So I'm sure I, I will see it again someday, but it was just one of those that I was like, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm cool. Yeah, it doesn't. Deadpool's a bad example because it's the complete opposite of this. But oh yeah, there are movies you walk out of thinking, "Oh, okay, let's go. Can we go mm-hmm. see it again? Right. Like right now?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, too heavy. Mm-hmm. Too heavy. I'm not. I was. I don't want to say I wasn't entertained because mm-hmm. that's the wrong word. Right. But it was intense. Yeah, and you don't. Wanna, it was almost you know, like you need a little bit of time. Right. You to don't want to digest have everything. Those, and, darker, intense feelings all the time. It's not right. like a good comedy where you're like, oh, I could laugh again for another couple hours. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, if you have not seen Professor Logan... Professor X died, man. Why no? That's cold. I, I still think the X-Men 3 death is more dramatic. It's been a while. I might have to watch that again. Okay. All right. Just, I know your brother doesn't like that one, so... Wow. Don't, don't have him watch it with you. Um, yeah. All right. Well, in the meantime, if you have not seen Logan, we do recommend you go see it. Do not take children unless you've seen no. this first. There, were, there was a guy sitting in front of us in the theater that had a kid that's younger than mine. Yeah. And I was like, 
Yeah, no. It's a bad call, bro. No, 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 no. <laughs> so um, it, maybe if you have older kids, um, you know, granted your parents, and so, you know, or some of you may be parents, so you can, I guess, do whatever you want. But if your kids are too young, you would be wrong. Um, we'll just tell you that right now. You'll be wrong. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely recommend if you've got kids that are teenagers even, um, you know, one of the Dennis, one of the other guys that does mm-hmm. the podcast with us, he texted and asked, can I take my kids to this? I was like, well, he does watch The Walking Dead with his son. His son oh, is his son's in, I know, and his son's in eighth grade, and he watches Walking Dead with his son. And I'm like, but you know what? There's something different about the violence in The Walking Dead. I think it has to do with zombies are monsters, mm. and you know that they're they're the undead, and they're not coming back. And sure. there's there's no redemption for them. There's something different between decapitating a zombie and Wolverine lopping off the head of a living human being. Yeah. Whether that living human being is a criminal or a bad guy, still, it's a human being. So I don't know. Yeah. There's just something. That's a tough call. I. There's something I a little not, different about the I violence. I would not want to be making woman. that decision. Yeah. So, so if you have kids and if you want to to take them to see this movie, um, definitely go see it first, um, and then you can decide from there if if you want them to to watch it with you. So that's obviously your call, but we kind of would recommend that you you take kids to uh, to go see it after you've gone to see it, and if you decide that that's appropriate for your family. So, uh, but anyway, we liked it. We we give it uh, we give it a, a good review. So if you want to go see it, go see it. In the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, we are at 30podcast at gmail.com. You can go to our website, 30podcast.com, and that has all the different ways that you can subscribe to the show, listen to the show, get a hold of us, um, check to see what movies we're going to be doing soon, and uh, take a look at uh, some of our past episodes. You can search through there and and find other shows that we've done um, in our other 117 past episodes that we've got. Um, We are also... I know. We're... Pretty. I mean, we're getting up on 120 here. We're we're, we're, we're booking right along here. Um, we are also on Facebook, facebook.com/30podcast. Uh, we do. We interact most on Twitter. So if you want to go to at 30podcast and you follow us there, um, so we we do give a lot of 80s themed updates and things like that there. Uh, we are also available on Stitcher, Satchel, Google Play Podcasts, iTunes. And you can just listen to us directly from 30podcast.com. Our next episode, uh, we might push it back since this is going to be coming out um, on Tuesday night of this week. Um, So today is Tuesday, March 7th, and we're going to release this episode tonight. So when this one comes out, uh, we may not throw our Lethal Weapon episode out to you immediately on Wednesday, which is when we would normally release our episodes. We may have that one come out uh, maybe towards the end of this week, so maybe on Friday, um, to space it as Billy Joel once said we're going to space this out for maximum effect so so we'll do that but our next episode after this one coming up is Lethal Weapon followed closely by Robocop Mm. that's a great movie I love Robocop Um, and then beyond that we've got you're coming with me your move creep Mm -hmm. I missed that one that's an awesome movie I love that movie Um, and loved it more watching it this time than the last few times I'd seen it. Really? Like something about watching it this time, I was like, this is a good movie. Oh, yeah. And I know watching it before, I was like, I like this movie. But this time watching, I was like, this movie has a lot of deeper meaning to it. Oh, it's solid. It's, it's solid. It's a really good movie. Like, not just a, a fun action movie. It's actually a good movie. Oh. Um, but yeah, so we've got uh, we got RoboCop then coming up in about a week or so. And then after that, uh, I think we follow that up with uh, Dragnet. And then we've got the Untouchables, and then we've got the Living Daylights. And then Princess Bride's coming up at the beginning of April. So 
Um, so we've got some we got some good stuff coming up soon. So in the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us, you can uh, go to 30podcast.com, see all those different places to get a hold of us. But otherwise, be excellent to each other and go watch some good movies. And we will see you all next time. Bye. Peace. And you could have it all My empire of dirt I will let you down I will make you hurt If I could start again A million Hey guys, it's Pat. I'm just throwing my uh, thoughts out for Logan. I was I was pretty excited for this movie. I, I don't uh, I don't think that was any secret. I I have to say this was probably the most excited I've been to see a movie um, since I can remember. And uh, I was I was completely blown away by uh, I was completely blown away by Logan. It was in one sense it was expected because I knew it was going to be dark and gritty and and all that. Uh, but in the other sense. Um, it was it was very unexpected, and I'm I'm sure this came out in the discussion, but this this didn't seem to be a typical superhero comic book movie. Um, you saw the characters as struggling, the uh, the characters as um, uh, weak, you know, past their prime, um, but still managing to uh, uh, fight off fight off the bad guys. And I guess in, in the back of my mind, I was just expecting, you know, I was expecting, you know, what Logan's gonna they're gonna find some some serum or some secret or he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna make it at the end and suddenly become as strong as he once was and and everything is gonna be okay and this movie really didn't depict that and I thought okay well you know Patrick Stewart or Patrick Stewart Professor X Charles Xavier is gonna have a, a hero's death and he's gonna go out in a in a blaze of glory and so forth and they uh, they really didn't show that and you know as I was trying to put that in place I guess what I was left with was just basically that line that, that Logan said when he was talking to Laura about the comic books. Maybe a quarter of it happened and not like this. And I, I just I just I just found that um, I, I found that hard to not hard to get past in a negative way, but I, I just found that as kind of a stopping point that really made me think, wow, this this is just a whole a whole other kind of movie and a whole other kind of entertainment. Um, so yeah, it was definitely a gritty and violent movie. I have to admit that some of it made me wince. I kind of had to look away in some spots. Um, it was uh, uh, pretty, pretty intense. I really enjoyed the fight sequences. I really enjoyed the chases, the car chases, and that. Someone described it as uh, one of the one of the um, movie reviewers that I read described it as more of an organic fight scene, an organic chase scene. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds impressive. And I guess the, the, the way they described it was you were in the fight scenes. It wasn't like you were watching it from a distance. You were, you were involved. And, you, you know, it was like the camera was right there. Um, I liked seeing Wolverine fight the X-24. Uh, X-24 was completely unexpected to me. And uh, that, was, uh, that was incredibly dramatic. 